This episode is sponsored by Ohm Center. Ohm was founded with the intention of fusing meditation with the seeds of wisdom and spirituality. Wisdom teaching strengthens the meditation experience by increasing self-reflection and inner peace. Now, I happen to know the founder of Ohm, Suzanne Hill, and every time I chat with her, she has the best pearls of wisdom to offer. Ohm Center is located on the east side of Manhattan, but has a thriving online presence where they offer classes in meditation, breathwork, chanting, wisdom training, and more, which is accessible all over the globe. Find them at ohmcenter.com. Now, I've had several dear friends of mine who have taken Ohm Center classes and absolutely rave about them. On this episode, we have Connie Bizalski. Connie was born in Germany and showed an early passion for writing and other creative pursuits such as photography and video production. She coupled these endeavors with her love of travel and became a digital nomad, capturing her experiences around the globe in a blog, which would become Germany's number one travel blog site. She's an avid practitioner of yoga, meditation, and is focusing more specifically as of late on breathwork. She has recently launched a podcast called Breath Circle and authored a book releasing in Germany called Find Your Magic. Connie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Asim. It's uh, really exciting to have you as a guest. Um, you're very accomplished in a number of areas, and so um, I'm excited for our listeners to to get a sense of all that. Um, to, to begin with, you were born in Germany near Munich. That's correct, yes. Uh, and uh, your family lineage, does it uh, come from a modern-day Poland area, just looking at the last name? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, well, on my dad's side, uh, that's where the last name comes from, obviously. And um, what used to be Germany now, which is now Poland, um, that's where my that part of the family came from. And today it's Poland, but actually, you know, a lot of Germans have like Polish e last name. So it's really hard to trace back exactly uh, where it comes from. Um, but there is a little town in Poland that is called Biza. And I don't know. I mean, we think close, that that's where it comes from. Is it from. close to uh, Gdansk or is it uh, in like Upper Silesia area? Yeah, it's more upper. It's more in northern parts of, of Poland. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, it gives me away. And sometimes people think I'm Polish, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. And um, do do you have siblings? I do. I have three siblings. I have a, an older sister. She's three years older, and I have two younger brothers. They're about ten or eleven years younger than okay. I am. So yeah. Are they also in Germany? Uh, sort of. So my sister lives in Munich. Uh, she's a uh, grade school teacher. And then one of my brothers, he's up in Sweden right now. He's doing his PhD in Stockholm. And then I have another brother. Um, he's about to start uh, a job in, in Munich. And um, yeah, so okay. a little bit all over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all pursuing different interests. <laughs> yeah we're all very different uh but all of us love traveling and um my brothers and i would lived abroad um a lot and yeah. uh yeah nice, nice. Uh, so the the biggest theme that um we can see in looking at um all the things you've done is certainly this this love of travel but also being a creator um, you know, if from, from all areas, it's whether it's photography or video production or writing, um, 
when you were young, what were the, some of the things you did for fun? Um, I'm just curious based on that uh, career. Yeah, great question. So I always loved writing. Mm. Uh, ever since I was in grade school, for some reason, I remember that I once got a compliment on my writing from a teacher. That must have been maybe in like third grade or fourth grade. And for some reason, it really stuck in my head. And so I feel like from that point onwards, uh, I felt that confidence in writing and I was, I don't know. So I always loved writing and, and then also cameras. Uh, the other day, actually I was at home and I went down to the basement and I found this blue box that was just full of photos. And from when I was really young, I always had a camera on me and I've always been taking photos of everything literally. And so I've always been fascinated by that. Also video cameras. My, I remember my dad bought a video camera at some point and I was really young and I just loved playing around with it. And I remember when I had my first money, maybe at the age of 16 or something, I went out and bought myself a camcorder and played around with that. And so, yeah, it's been, I, I, I always created in one way or another growing up and then more so also as a teenager, but um, I don't come from a very creative family and it was not something that I, um, that was really, you know, support it in that mm. sense, because no, like my parents, they don't identify as creative people. So they didn't know how to pass that on to me. And so I was like a creative in the closet for the longest time. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Wow. Wow. Well, thankfully you've come out of the closet and uh, you're sharing your uh, wonders with, with the world. Um, I'm very curious when you bought that camcorder with your own money at 16, what kind of footage were you taking? What were your films or like? You know, I actually remember, and at the time there was no YouTube yet, I no. don't think. And because I'm 36 now, so it's been a few years. And, um, but I actually, I sat down in front of the camera and I just talked into the camera. So, the, oh, and that was okay. not something that I, I didn't know where I got this from because yeah, the internet was still very young. There was no YouTube. So I don't know why I did that. And then, of course, I just I just recorded everything and anything. And I think I went out in nature. That's Simple so choice. No, but uh, I, I love that. that. That's fantastic. And when you were in front of the camera, were you like um, um, uh, evoking kind of like an anchor or a, a, a news broadcaster? Or was it more just like reflections or talking or? Actually... Man, I haven't thought about this in the longest time, but I actually, uh, I recorded stuff for friends that I never sent them. I just like sat down and I imagined I was recording this for a friend and, and I was telling them stories and I was just sitting there, I think, just like talking about my life and what I enjoyed doing. And, but it, uh, it's really clever. You were doing a video diary in many ways. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And just really you know, naive and raw, really just my coming from my own well of creativity. Yeah. So home. Well, you're, you're purest and um, ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, uh, you studied uh, university in Vienna and Salzburg. That's correct. Yes. And also in the States, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and it seemed like a lot of the subjects were uh, communications, media, sort of writing, production related, pursuing your passions. 
Yeah. So actually what happened was, you know, I, so I went to school the last few years in the States and in England, graduated in England. Um, and I then took a couple of years off because I couldn't really decide what I wanted to do with myself and my life and where I wanted to study and what, and I really wanted to apply to film and photography school, Hmm. but I did not have the confidence. Uh, as I said, I, Hmm. I don't really come from a creative family. Um, I was creative in the closet. I didn't have any creative confidence. And so I didn't even try, you know, I wanted to go and I like ordered the, the like brochures from the universities and stuff, but I never actually applied. Um, and so yeah. I went down the route of a shadow degree, as I want to call it, uh, communication media at university, which really is a shadow degree in the sense that it's kind of there, you know, it's somewhat, somewhat creative, but it's, not really in my bachelor's i actually my focus was on journalism and i wanted to become a journalist but my professors my teachers didn't really like my writing i didn't get really good grades i was average probably below average you know and uh in terms of grades yeah and so my dream of becoming a journalist and a writer were crushed during my bachelor's and then i went on to do my master's degree in the States and then in Vienna. Uh, and then I just focused on all sorts, like more research stuff um, and like uh, information communication technologies in developing countries was a big focus of mine that I was interested in. And, and so, um, and when I left university, I thought I was just going to go back and do a PhD at some point and um, just do that live. Wow. So you were really on this academic track. You probably would have become a professor somewhere. Yeah. Probably. I never, that's the thing, you know, I never and never ever saw myself working in the industry or working for a company or being an entrepreneur. And so, because I didn't want to enter that whole thing. And so the only real option for me was to stay at university. I was always a really curious human being and I love doing research and all that sort of stuff. And then also you got the most vacation days, you know, working <laughs> at university. So it's <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, your curiosity is very clear in your creative pursuits. So that's mm. a, another outlet for that, which uh, I think is, is, is brilliant. Um, you mentioned a few film schools in the beginning. Like, where, wh- which school did you really want to go to that you never applied? Well, there is a, there's a really good one here in Berlin, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and also Munich. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was just, it, it was even too daunting to even create some sort of portfolio and things like that but um yeah i guess that maybe that's the only regret a couple well two regrets maybe that i have in life but one would be i should have just done it you know (laughs) but oh well okay well hopefully we'll unearth the second regret if not i will just ask about that um tell us about scuba diving in australia how did that yes so um that kind of ties in with um yeah, how my path sort of um, continued after university. So I graduated in 2009 and then I've always loved traveling and i um, always did everything I could to go traveling and living and live in different countries. And I left basically home when I was 15. And so I ended up um, booking a one-way ticket to India. And um, oh. so this is 2009. And then I was in India for a while and and then from there i went on to southeast asia and um, i had done 
quite a bit of scuba diving before on other trips in Central America and Thailand and whatnot. And I knew I just loved the lifestyle. I always loved the ocean. I'm a water baby. And so I was like, I want to, I just, I want to become a scuba dive instructor. So I ended up in Indonesia on the Gili Islands off of Bali and yeah. um, ended up living there for I don't know how many months, quite a few, six, seven, eight months. I became a scuba dive instructor, living the life. It was awesome. And then I ended up um, going to Australia after I had dengue fever and typhoid. And and then uh, and I started dating um, this woman in Australia. And I had my coming out. This is 10 years ago now. And so I moved to, to Sydney. We eventually moved to Cairns on the Great Barrier Reef. And I worked mm-hmm. on the boats there as a scuba dive instructor. Also um, amazing diving the, the Great Barrier Reef every day. And... Wow. Um, yeah, looking back, like that was a life. So that was pretty sweet. And I thought I was going to be a scuba dive instructor for the rest of my life. I just loved it so much. And But then, yeah, you know, things change. Anyway, so here we are today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, what, what, what a thrilling ride. Yeah, it was one hell of an adventure in the end. I really, really want to go back. Like it's one of my, it's very high on my list. I want to go back to India and spend like six months or something um like a little pilgrimage tour so i'm a yogi and a meditator and i do breath work and yeah there's a lot to do in india yeah, amazing <laughs> so. so you mentioned yoga and meditation and, and breath work when, when did you first uh practice yoga yeah so that i think the very 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 first time was in 2000 and maybe seven or eight i was in central america i think in guatemala and I was staying at this hostel and there, there was a yoga class and I thought it was really hard. And I was just like, why do people do this? This is horrible. I don't ever want to do this again. So, <laughs> so that was my first yoga class. But I came back to it um, in 2012 after my first huge breakup that shattered my world at the time. And I didn't know what to do with myself. And I, I needed something to calm my mind. I needed something to ease my suffering and the pain. Yeah. And yeah. so I discovered Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, and, um, which completely changed my life. And then I started meditation. I started going to a Buddhist center. At the time, I was living in Berlin for a bit. And um, I went to this Buddhist center every Sunday. And there was this, this Buddhist teacher um, giving talks and we were meditating together. And I did like an intro to meditation class there. And, and that's when I started meditation. It, it, I was just like, wow, so I, I'm not my thoughts. And I, if, when I focus on my breath and my body, I, I calm down and things kind of slow down and it eased my suffering. And, and then also through Buddhist teachings, I understood what suffering was and meant and why we're suffering and, and how to overcome it. So it was huge for me at the time. And then, you know, naturally, I took my toes into yoga and, and like consciously. And, mm. and so then uh, I think through a friend of mine who was teaching here in Berlin and, and she said, I should come and check out my classes. And I felt kind of obliged to do so. And and then, yeah, I got into yoga. And then I also actually did my yoga and meditation teacher training in 2015 um, oh. in Bali when I was living there. And, and then breath work slowly entered my life um, uh, over the last you know, couple of years and more so in the last six months. And I'm, I'm in the middle of becoming a breath work practitioner right now as well. And yeah, just exploring all the ways to connect to myself, really. That's been, I think, the intention was that um through meditation through yoga and breath work i've come to 
find a deeper connection to myself, to my body, to feel more grounded, um, and to also find quite a lot of healing. So, yeah. No, that's great. And um, it's great to hear that it helped you um, with the, 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 the major breakup that you described. Was that also mm. why you left Australia? No, this was actually after we'd left Australia, we then went on to uh, Thailand and then on to Berlin. And so, mm. and then we were living in Berlin for a year. And I was like, um, you know, I, I, that's when I got my first job, like job, job. So, cause I was, was like, well, we're massive? just going to, yeah, exactly. You did, you did your research. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we did, we said, oh, we're just going to go to Berlin for one year. She's Australian. She's going to get, you know, one year visa just as we Germans get in Australia. And then we got here and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I, I, I want to be a scuba dive instructor, but then I was like, well, I guess I can, you know, handle a job for a year. And so I applied, got this traineeship at this PR agency for uh, startups called Mashup here in Berlin. And, and it was great. I mean, you know, I always wanted to live in Berlin. And so we had a wonderful time, but after about a month or so working a nine to five office job, I was just like, screw this. This mm. is, this is messed up. I can't do this. this I'm not made out to uh, sit on the same train every day, go to the, go to work, sit uh, at the same desk every day and working for someone else's dream. And like, it just felt so off. I guess when the, the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. And as it happened, nice. the, the four hour work week book by Tim Ferriss fell into my lap. And, nice. um, and then a, a few blogs uh, I discovered at the time that were talking about being location dependent, being a digital nomad. That was still all very, very new at the time, you know, and in Germany, like no one, like there wasn't even a word yet for digital nomad, you know? So it was kind of, kind of like that. And, and then, yeah, I quit the job after like eight months and started freelancing and, and starting a, a blog. Um, which was uh, my travel blog, Planet Backpack. And yeah. that sort of just grew really quickly. And, yes. um, and yeah, and then a lot of other really things great. happened, but that was kind of the story into how I ended up having a job and yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the one and only real job I ever had. <laughs> well, you uh, clear you weren't meant for that and your gifts really express themselves outside of that. And so, mm. you know, and Planet Backpack did exceptionally well. You were one of the top travel blog sites in Germany. Yeah, it, um, you know, I, I started in 2012. I'd, I'd had another blog in English actually before that, which was also doing really well. And at the time it was still very easy, you know, to grow social media channels and uh, to rank on Google. And I did mm. apparently a lot of the right things, even though I didn't know a whole lot, but um, I just learned everything I could about online marketing. And, and so it grew really quickly into Germany's biggest travel blog. Um, and, so and that was fun. And it, uh, yeah. and I was, yeah, one of the first people to here in Germany to talk and write about being a digital nomad and what yeah. that's like, and, you know, building an online business and was life of blue, the English blog yeah that okay. was called a life of blue which was about you know unconventional living and minimalism and also like going location dependent and all that stuff so uh 2015 you make your way back to bali and that's where you do your teacher and uh, yoga teacher and meditation training mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you also spent a significant amount of time in the u.s yeah i did so uh yes yeah, so i was uh, traveling 
all sorts of places for a few years. Then I settled in Bali on and off. I was there for about three years. Yeah. Mm. And then, um, I ended up falling in love with Southern California really hard. And, uh, especially with this place Encinitas, just North of San Diego, um, for some reason. And so I kept on, uh, yeah, I spent quite a lot of time there on and off whenever I could. And, and also in Mexico. And then eventually I started dating someone in Los Angeles. And, uh, so this was about two years ago now. And so I actually ended up, um, spending a, a ton of time in Los Angeles and then, um, and then that ended end of last year. And things. when did you make the conversion to become vegan? This was in, so I've always been vegetarian. I've never eaten meat in my whole life. Oh, it's wow. just sort of, I guess, even as a child, I just remember that I never understood, you know, I looked at cows on the fields and I was just like, why do people eat that? I never understood. And I always rejected it when my mom was trying to feed me meat. So my mom then took me to all these doctors and she's like, what's wrong with my child? She's not eating meat or fish or anything. And, and, and you know, to be honest, it was always more of a um, shameful thing for me because as I said like it wasn't wasn't a thing at the time and then uh, when I was living in Bali and found myself dating someone who was running a raw vegan restaurant in Bali okay who was also vegan and super healthy and mm. and I was really inspired by that I love it I mean I do it all out of all the reasons to be honest uh, I definitely carry a lot of motivation inside of me around ahimsa and nonviolence. you know uh, in all areas of life. Um, let's chat about blog camp a little bit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the, the expertise you had honed with uh, Planet Backpack, um, you know, mm -hmm. began imparting that wisdom to, to others. Is that still mm -hmm. active? Blog camp or Planet Backpack? Uh, blog camp. Well, I think you, you, you stopped Planet Backpack, yes? Well, actually, I didn't actually stop it. I just, oh. I sold it last year. Oh, yeah so that was that was great it just uh f you know after several years of doing that and even though i was really successful and i really made myself a name and you know i was kind of tired of being connie the digital nomad connie the backpacker mm. you know i just i had outgrown that sort of identity and um and with uh block camp that came about really about a year or two after starting planet backpack and i met this guy uh, at some digital nomad meetup or something in Thailand. And he ended up, he turned out to be German and also travel blogger. And we were making money with our travel blogs pretty early on. And we didn't understand why there were so many bloggers out there, not just travel bloggers, but any bloggers who were struggling to make a living off of their blogs. Mm. And so we took it upon ourselves <laughs> to share what we'd learned. You know, my realization over the years, it's, I have a North star in my life, but the how keeps on changing and shifting. You mentioned your North star. What is your North mm. star? Do you keep yeah. discovering it or have you always known? Well, I think over the years, it just become more clear maybe, but mm -hmm. uh, overall it's always been provide like the, the, the essence of the North star for me has always been sharing my experiences with the world and providing value and contributing and serving, especially over the last few years as I've been going through a lot of inner work and um, done a lot of healing um, and on a mental psychological level, but also on a physical level. 
And the more I shared around that um, made me realize that, you know, having battled with a lot of depression and like chronic pain and, you know, having a very painful sort of coming out story as a queer woman and having had a lot of uh, challenging relationships, triggering all sorts of stuff um, and old wounds from childhood and really going super, super deep in many ways. I, um, but then also alchemizing a lot of that pain into my creativity and into my creative output and how that has been super healing you know share my experiences my learnings with other people so that they have to suffer less or have more tools to help themselves and then also i guess support them on their hero's journey that is probably the umbrella you know and then how that looks in essence Ah, that keeps changing. So sure, and that's cool. Sure. So I don't that's, hold on to the shape and form too much anymore. That's beautiful. That was such a brilliant share. Earlier, you said that your first regret was not applying to film school. And you referenced <laughs> a second regret. Can I ask you what that is? <laughs> totally. And if you don't want to answer, uh, yeah, that's fine. No, no, I have almost nothing um, that is too personal to share, really. But uh, yeah, so the second regret would be not having had my coming out earlier. So I came out when I was 26 and that was uh, way too late because uh, looking back, it was pretty clear that um, I was queer, um, you know, when I was a young teenager. And so staying in the closet for so long was was very painful. And, um, you know, I'm still now in my late 30s, still sort of dealing with you know, all that's all those suppressed emotions that, you know, when you suppress emotions for like basically like 13 years um, and you're not really who you are, you're hiding a big part of yourself. You feel ashamed. You feel embarrassed for who you are and how you feel and carrying that weight for so long. um, Yeah. It's, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked on and healed. No, that's exceptionally challenging. And I think um, I have a sense it's gotten better over the years, but um, maybe that's just wishful thinking. But I think your work will help make it better for uh, future generations to not feel that shame. Yeah, I hope so. Because I do try to be a role model in that sense for other uh, queer people. Like I've made YouTube videos around my coming out story and being more of an androgynous woman, more maybe, you know, not identifying necessarily with the binary options in our societies. So, uh, well, I appreciate that. You had a trainer, Gus Turner, and he created an exercise and named it after you. I would like to hear what this exercise is. That's hilarious. I have no idea where you got all that information from, but I know it's somewhere out in the intersphere. So it's all good. Uh, well, Gus, yeah, I we were living together in Bali for a while and he, he's a really cool guy. And he ended up um, training me a bit. Uh, like He's basically like a workout exercise coach. I don't know how you want to call it. And he got me into uh hit training and um i think i was just a really lazy kind of student also and i i never really wanted to do exactly how he wanted me to do things and he i think ended up adjusting a certain uh workout sequence to uh 
to how I needed it to be. And so I think that's how it came, came about. But yeah, it was good times. <laughs> and he called it the Connie. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Recently, your mother went through a cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, share about that. How was that experience for you from your perspective? Totally. Yeah. So I, um, how did that happen? It was very out of the blue because there really isn't much cancer in our family, you know, and, or at all. And so we never thought that that was going to be a thing, especially not with my mom. And like, she's been super healthy, um, like for most of her life. And she's been doing so much inner work and she's very spiritual and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you would say like, why her? Mm-hmm. But so what happened was she was um, dating someone and they ended up uh, going to Berlin in November last year. And she came down with a bladder infection and ended up going to see a doctor here. And normally they don't do ultrasounds when you have a bladder infection, yeah. but they did for some reason. Uh, and and then the, they, the doctor said, oh, I can see something. Maybe you want to get that checked out. She would have never gone to get this checked out if it wasn't for that ultrasound. So there must have been angels around. And mm-hmm. so she ended up getting it checked out and it turned out that it was a tumor. And uh, this was in maybe February. And they, and I was in France at the time. I came home early and because none of my siblings uh, were able to be there. And so I, yeah, just kind of went through the whole ordeal with her, which is really good because my mom's been so supportive throughout my whole life mm. and with all of my struggles and pains and breakups and whatnots. And she's, uh, she's a really great mom. And so I felt really honored actually to be there for her and to hold space for her and to make sure she's fine. And, and of course, like the big question was, why did it happen? You know, I've been reading up these past six months, um, reading up, I've been really, really interested in, um, like trauma and trauma psychology and the mind body connection. Cause you know, I've been dealing with my own physical issues. Um, and so I've been reading some really interesting books uh, by Gabor Mate. One's called when the body says no. Hmm. And then by Bessel van der Kolk, uh, it's called uh, the body keeps the score. And then some books by, by Dr. John Sarno and fascinating stuff. And I mean, it's clear really uh, that, any sort of chronic pain, chronic illness, cancer, all of that stuff, it's all related to our psyche and how we suppress emotions and or repress emotions also from our childhood. And, and so trauma is stored in our bodies. You know, I'd love her to be around for a bit longer. So we're going deep. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's always, <laughs> you know, the opportunity to do more healing and uh, yeah, so. Well, that's so great. And I'm really glad to hear that there's a, such a close relationship and bond with your mom. That's great. Mm, yeah, no, totally. We'd love for you to share about Breath Circle and mm-hmm. um, your vision for that. Yeah. So as I've been going really deep into breath work and exploring my breath and especially transformational breath work, um, for my own healing purposes, as I went through uh, another breakup last year in, in November and um, just learning from and working with uh, quite a few different breathwork teachers and facilitators in Bali at the time. I then was uh, just so fascinated by because I had such profound experiences and, and powerful effects. 
um, that I decided I wanted to become a breathwork practitioner. And I ended up um, going to this training in Canada in, in March. I had this in the back of my head. I'm like, man, there really isn't a whole lot of resources out there on breathwork and the power of the breath. Got the idea for uh, a, a podcast. So that's what we're starting now, which, you know, where we have a bigger vision for a bigger platform and, and really a place where we educate people, but also um, function as some sort of hub um, and center for and around breath work. It's only just the beginning. It's probably maybe where meditation was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I look forward to its launch. Uh, share with us about your book. You're, you've launched a book in, in Germany, in German. Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, yeah, the first step I, is uh, the book called Find Your Magic, um, which Actually, um, I ran a online group coaching program for, I don't know, 200 people two years ago, which was called Find Your Magic. Mm -hmm. And that was actually in English. And it was so successful, but I had two publishers approach me, um, I don't know, a year and a half ago uh, to write a book about it. And it's just about to be released in, on June 3rd here in Germany, in German mm -hmm. for now. And then hopefully we will uh, find a publisher in the States or in England, get it translated into English. But the gist of it is it's, it's really all about, well, it's my, a big part is uh, my story, my experiences around finding my purpose in life. Um, and then all the things that I've learned. That's great. Connie, thank you so much. Thank you for having thank me. You. Achieve is recorded at Subtractive and Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.